sing this one more time with all of our voices lifted. Spirit of God. that your will be done here, Lord. Here just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge that your ways are higher than our own. And the ways of heaven are so much greater than the ways of earth and the ways of the world here. And we sing that with our voices lifted. And with our hearts turned towards you today, Lord. We pray that you bring heaven into this room this morning. Come and move, Holy Spirit. We ask your presence here. We need you. We can't change without you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome today. What an incredible week. Uh, things are crazy all around us, but uh, we have... Uh, a Lord that loves us, who gives us peace and hope, and He is our strength and our leader. We never know what the world's going to throw at us, but we know that no matter what, uh, there is a solid rock. Uh, my name is Randy. It's good to have you with us today. If you're a guest, uh, it is great uh, for you to be here. Uh, we're in a series now. We've been talking about living the dream. Uh, we're talking about financial health. We're building a foundation here. Last week, we talked about contentment. And uh, we just talked about the, the need that in, in our world sometimes we have too much, and when we have too much, we take it for granted. We're not content with what we have. We've got to learn to be content with what we have, and probably a little bit less wouldn't hurt us sometime in life. And the week before that, we talked about gratitude, that that's kind of the foundation of everything, of, of any type of spiritual health, financial health, whatever it might be to recognize it all comes from God, and, and we, we want to thank Him. And while we're thanking people, uh, today, uh, this past Friday, I believe, was Veterans Day. Kind of got lost a little bit in election week, but uh, I want to ask our veterans, if you would, to stand up. We want to acknowledge you and give you a round of applause. Would you just stand up? If you enjoy life and uh, the blessing you have an opportunity, you thank a veteran, all right, because they are the ones who have uh, uh, given uh, sacrifice, time of their life, uh, health, some of them even their, even their life itself for uh, us to have this great freedom. So thank you guys for doing that. So uh, here we are in the third week of this series, and you're going, okay, I got gratitude down. I am a grateful person. Man, I am so content. I am awesome. Today we're going to talk about humility, all right, because that, that's your next step, all right? Did you hear about the church one time that decided, you know, humility was such a big thing that, that whoever modeled humility should be recognized, and so they gave one of their member, members, they asked, uh, who's the most humble person here? Everybody voted this one guy. So they gave this one guy the recognition, a plaque, everything uh, for being humble, and they gave him this little pin, the most humble man in the church. The next Sunday, he wore it to church, and they took it away from him because he was proud, you know? 
That's kind of how humility is. You know, you work on it, you work on it, and when you start saying, hey, I'm pretty humble, you just blew it at that point. So today we're going to talk about what humility is all about. Now let me tell you about a humble guy, because we've been talking about some people who are not so humble the last few weeks. We talked about Howard Hughes and Nelson uh, uh, Bunker Hunt last week. Uh, Well, here's a guy that we can model ourselves after. His name is Nick Walenda, and uh, Nick is a part of the Walenda tightrope walkers. Maybe you've heard of them. They used to tour around the whole family. Nick is kind of the the current generation. This guy is really good, really brave. In fact, he has walked across Niagara Falls uh, with no net, just on a tightrope. He's walked across the Grand Canyon, which even sounds uh, a little more frightening to me. And you can imagine when he does these events that people come in and they, uh, you know, they're just uh, holding their breath while he's walking across. It's, it's life and death. And, and he's pretty good. He's pretty confident and he does it pretty well. And the crowds come and he's a celebrity and they want his autograph. They want pictures with him. And, uh, you know, at the end of those events, I'm sure he's kind of uh, exhausted physically, but also emotionally, mentally. Uh, all these people have just made him out to be something so great. But he knows the danger of pride. He knows his own temptation. And so he does something deliberately every time after these events to kind of put himself in his place to stay humble. And that is he spends three hours picking up the trash that the people left. Now you would imagine a guy like that would go back to his hotel room and he would, you know, bask in some sort of party. He survived it. But instead he sends everybody home and he picks up people's garbage. Because he understands that we all need a reality check. It is his way to acknowledge that, you know what, I can get a little bit too confident. That's not smart uh, in what he does, but it's also not smart for being his, a person. Because, you see, Nick, uh, uh, Nick is a Christian, and he says it's his way to serve people and to imitate the example of Jesus Christ who washed the feet of his followers. Picking up their trash is a way that he can do that. So if you're going to live the American dream today, and you're going to experience financial health, you've got to learn to have humility. Humility, because pride is very dangerous. In fact, pride is what will make us buy things that we don't need with money that we don't have to impress people that we don't even like or maybe even know, you know? And that's crazy, isn't it, to do that? If you think about some of our motives for the things that we do, you know, we do it, we think we've got to have that, then we have buyer's remorse, and we're like, why did I do that? And then we're stuck for months with payments of, of some sort. Pride can do that to us, but humility is a discipline that we have to learn as a follower of Christ. And since it's not natural for any of us, I don't think anybody is born humble. And they may be born in humble surroundings, but there's a human side of us that that kind of breaks out uh, and, and because we're human, you know, it's just a part of who we are. So we have to choose to deliberately move toward humility. And I would suggest that it's an important part of our Christian journey. You know, we, we said that we believe that as a church we're to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus, changed our name to reflect that, uh, that mission that we have. So if we're on this journey, understand that being a Christian is not just, you're not done. You are on a journey, and humility may very well be your next step on the journey. But what we also find is that humility was a part of Jesus' journey as well. In fact, as in all the attributes that we long to have and need, Jesus is our model for humility. In fact, in Philippians chapter 2, Paul says this, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, 
and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Paul's talking about the humility of Jesus, that even though Jesus was and is God, he humbled himself to become man. Now the word humble means to lower yourself. It means to take wherever you are, whether you have the right to be, whatever it might be in life, and you take a few steps down. That you lower yourself to another level that normally you wouldn't naturally be or choose to be. But Jesus chose to lower himself and leave his place in heaven to come down here and live upon her earth. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about how awesome heaven is. And if you think about how heaven is just unbelievable beyond our imagination, Jesus chose to leave that. Why would anybody leave, leave heaven? It was a choice. He came down here on the earth to live among us. A limited earthly life. He, life. he was born to a peasant girl in poverty. He was born in a barn, literally. And he lived his life, the first few years of his life, on the run, trying to, his parents, preserve his life. He was confined to a human body. For 33 years, the God of the universe chose to live in a human body with all of its limitations, not anywhere near the, 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 uh, the image of God. He got down in the ditches to connect with people. And he dealt with dirty people, sinful people, people who chose to be sinful, who did horrible things. He healed the sick. He raised the dead after they'd been dead for several days. He fed hungry people. Homeless people were given hope. He washed the feet of his disciples. And then he allowed himself to be arrested and taken physically by other humans. And he allowed himself to be mocked and tortured. He was stripped naked and nailed to a cross. He was forced to watch the soldiers below him gamble for the only possessions he had, only earthly possessions, his clothes. He was rejected and abandoned by all of his followers. His heavenly father turned his face away from him. And Jesus died for the sins that he did not commit. And when he died, he was buried in a borrowed tomb. Now you put all that together, and guys, I can't imagine anything more humiliating than for Jesus to do that. I mean, all of us have been times, had times in our life when we've been humbled, when we felt humiliated, we felt put down, or we felt uh, hurt or attacked by people. I can't think of anything more humiliating and, and anything more amazing than his willingness to do that. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus made himself nothing. And that phrase means that he emptied himself out. He emptied himself. He did not empty himself of his deity because he retained that. He was fully God and fully man, but he emptied himself out of the place in heaven that he had, and he made himself nothing. He came to be a human being, not a king, not a master, not a wealthy person, not someone in control, but a servant, a slave. He gave up his own will and desire for life. He gave himself to God to do with as God chose to do and what had to be done. And you know, if anyone ever had the right to be proud because of who he was and, and, and what he's like, it was Jesus. But he chose, he chose to make a journey to a humble destination. Now he is our example in this, of course, and on our journey of life, we have to choose deliberately because it doesn't come naturally, because what does naturally occur in our life is pride. Pride, it begins when we're babies, that we want attention and we want what we want. In fact, one of the first words that most kids learn is my or mine, mine. They're going to take it away, even if it doesn't belong to them. They're going to snatch it 
you know, whatever it is, they want it. They want it to belong to them. And, and we live that way. That attitude can define our lives. We always want mine and we want more. We want a bigger house, a newer car. We want expensive clothes. We want to be able to travel. We want more things like a baby. We want to accumulate things that we can't even hold. And then we got to buy storage or rent storage lockers to put it in, you know, as if we were going to use it someday. It's crazy. But that's pride. That's, that's what drives us to want things so that we will fulfill some desire. We think it might help, but it doesn't. And, and also that people will notice us. You know, it's amazing how, how even advertising, how susceptible we are to that, even though, you know, we know it, but we, we, we give into it anyway, that we're kind of programmed to look and dress so that people will admire us. And, and we kind of, we have to kind of promote ourselves. That's, that's what pride does. You know, I was thinking about the Hollywood stars, and they kind of drive me a little bit crazy. Those people who are, are celebrities because they're a celebrity, they've never done anything. Think Kardashians here for a second, would you? I mean, like, what have, what have these people done? And what's crazy is that they do these outlandish things, and then we buy magazines and books and go online and read the articles about them as if their lives are more important than anybody else's. I mean, it's just, just a little bit insane, isn't it? We kind of feed that and we empower that. But, I mean, those people have agents to promote themselves. I got a feeling there's a time when, when they're like, hey, the news is kind of, you're kind of fading. You need to do something crazy. Just go wreck a car. You know, go do something nuts so that people will recognize you or start a clothing line. So, you know, just so your name will be out there again. You know, we, we also got athletes today who make millions of dollars playing a game. Isn't that insane? I mean, We'd all like to be there, right? But, I mean, it's, it's nuts. And all these people have agents to promote themselves. We don't have that. we got to promote ourselves. And so it's me and myself and I. And sometimes if we just listen to ourselves talk, it's, it should be a little embarrassing. If your conversation is always littered with, this is what I did and this is what I have and this, is, this belongs to me and all those sort of things, then maybe this is the message that you need to hear. If you're one of those people who in a conversation you can't, you, you try to listen, but you can't wait to be the one to talk, you're just waiting to be able to put in your comments, then maybe you need this message. Because we all want attention, we all want to be needed. And that's kind of our human nature. We promote ourselves, but you know what? The Bible says that is a dangerous way to live. In fact, that is a destructive way. Proverbs chapter 16 says, Pride goes before destruction a haughty spirit before fall. And James chapter 4 says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. When God opposes you, it's not going to have a good ending. It's not going to come out well when you know that God is against you. You may have everybody else on the earth for you. You may have everything going your way. But if, it's, if God is against you, it's going to end badly. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It's pretty serious, isn't it? Pretty serious statement that says when, when our goal in life is to kind of lift ourselves up, that's what exalted means, to lift up. Humble means to lower ourselves down. When that's our goal in life, we're on the wrong track. You know what, our culture today really doesn't admire the humble people, does it? It really doesn't, you know, humble people normally don't get a lot of attention. I mean, Mother Teresa used to get a lot of attention, right? She was a very humble person, I think. But typically, 
The world does not admire the humble people. You can't buy a magazine going, hey, these are the most humble people in the world. It probably wouldn't sell. Nobody would print that, right? Because the world doesn't value that like it should. In fact, it's all about status. It's all about the next title at work, the next promotion and what that means. It's all about whether you play JV or varsity. It's all about degrees and letters after your names. That drives me crazy to have all those letters after, like the alphabet after somebody's name. It's all about the corner office or the largest office. Or it's all about the office that people hold. It's all about the pull that you have when you get there. Status is everything. In fact, even on Facebook, right, what's your status? Nobody wants to know I'm having a lousy, stinking day. You know, everybody wants to know this is the best day of my life. You know, this is awesome. I just did this. I just bought that. You know, I get to see somebody. I mean, that's just a part of our world, right? We want attention. We want to brag about what we have or what we're doing. So in spite of all of that, how do we take this journey? How do we take a journey that will take us to a lower place called humility? And let me say this. First of all, it has to be intentional. Since none of us are really bent that way, it has to be an intentional thing. And we have to choose to look away from pride. Look away from pride and look away from things. Now, how does that work? Well, maybe you remember this. So most of us have been driving for some time. Uh, but maybe we've got some young people who are just driving. And I was told that whenever I started driving, that when you're driving down the road, especially some of these narrow roads where there's no line in the middle, that you have to be very careful because you don't watch the car that's approaching you. If you watch it, you'll be drawn toward it. As strange as it may seem, you don't try to miss it. You try to drive on your side of the road. And so we teach our young people, don't stare at the car. If you do, you'll kind of veer into it. And that's kind of how it is with life. When, when we're attracted by things, if we stare at them, if we focus on them, if we Google them constantly online or, or you know, go to eBay or Amazon or wherever they are, or if we kept, you know, keep driving by the car dealership and admiring something, what's going to happen is we're going to veer toward it. So we have to intentionally take our eyes off that. We have to intentionally look away from pride and, and from things in life. While Jesus was upon earth, Jesus restrained himself. I mean, you think about what he experienced. There were times when Jesus spoke to thousands of people, maybe eight or 10,000 people that were told about. There may have been times that he spoke to more than that. And all these people, they wanted him to be their king. I mean, he literally could have taken that crowd and, you know, and swept uh, the kingship uh, away, and he could have done that. And then when Jesus was healing people and everybody was applauding him, you are awesome, you're the best ever, it would be easy to listen to all that. It would be easy to think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up a kingdom and, and allow all this to go to his head. But Jesus intentionally looked away. In fact, there were times, if you'll read some of the times of his greatest victories, the next thing Jesus did is he went away to a quiet place all alone. He got away from people because he wanted to move away and look away from the, the things that, that could have affected his ego and made him feel a, a place that humility was, uh, was not appropriate. Now, a lot of us, we have a hard time even thinking about that, number one, because none of us are really in that place that we have got all those people fawning over us, right? And our natural bent is, is not to look toward humility, is to look for greater things. And then we struggle with the idea about self-esteem. We're like, well, I thought I was supposed to have a good self-esteem. 
I thought I was supposed to feel good about myself, that God made me like I am. And all that you said the other day, to be confident in who I am, you know. Well, where's the balance there? You know, some people think that humility is thinking a little, very little of yourself. And that's not healthy. I'm not suggesting that. Humility is not thinking less of yourselves, but humility is thinking less often of yourself. Less often of you. It's putting other people and their needs before your own. It's thinking more highly of others than you do of yourselves. And it's something that you choose to do. And the Bible says that when you do that, when you lower your, humble yourself, lower yourself, you exalt others, specifically God, but, but other people. We're going to talk about how to do that in a few moments here. But when we do that, then we start getting a blessing. We start getting a blessing when we are helping others and lifting others up. Remember that while God opposes the proud, God does give grace or favor or blessing to those who are humble. We get a blessing because of our humility. Now, as we get on into this series, we're going to talk about how we can open our lives up to God's blessing financially. But I want to tell you, humility has to be the beginning. What we're doing is we're laying a foundation. We're talking about gratitude, talking about contentment. We're talking today about humility. Next, we're going to talk about trust. All of those issues are laying this foundation about how to be healthy mentally, spiritually, financially, all those things together. Humility has to be the beginning. So let's spend some time getting practical here. Now, why do we need to get practical, practical about humility? Because if you're not humble, you never think about being humble. And you never think about practical ways to become humble. humble. It just doesn't, it's not on your radar. So if you struggle with this, number one, admit it. Number two, say intentionally, I'm going to make it happen. But here, here are seven ways, seven things you can do nearly every day to practice humility. Whatever we practice is the things we get good at, right? So we're going to practice humility. Number one, avoid taking credit. Avoid taking credit. In a world where everybody says, you know what, you've got you to promote yourself and you have to tell everybody what you've done or else they're going to miss it, I would encourage you to avoid taking credit. And this goes beyond just like this offshoot, you know, it's no big deal, I, I did it, yes, but I, you know, that's okay. That goes beyond that, deflecting a compliment. I would encourage you, you to practice the, the discipline of secrecy by maybe keeping something that you've done deliberately a secret from being known to other people. That means you don't have to tell everybody, announce when you do something. If you do something, just do it quietly and let it be done and people will will be you know blessed because they don't have to do it but you don't have to get the attention of saying well yeah i did that you know and that's okay just do it quietly avoid taking credit number two praise other people praise other people you know people are longing i i believe to be recognized and praised we, we know we all love that don't we what if we made it a part of our life to compliment and praise other people you know, pride is what makes us kind of resentful of people today, whether they, uh, their, their talents or their success or whatever that may be. To combat that, we need to intentionally compliment others. And let me say this, you know, if you were to compliment your spouse and make that your goal, it would change, probably change your marriage, especially if you don't do that. See, proud people never think about complimenting anybody else. They're searching for compliments. But if you were to make it a, a point to compliment your spouse, probably blow them away initially, but they would like that, and it could change your relationship. The best way to break pride, though, is to praise other people and kind of lift them up and humble yourself. Number three, help other people succeed. Help other people succeed. 
there are few things that attack the ego quite as much as helping other people be successful. In this world that we live in today, it's all about us. I want to be successful. I want to take, and whoever has to knock down off the ladder to take my next step is what I'm going to do. But, but what if you focused on helping other people succeed? You see, pride hoards knowledge, and it hoards resources, and it, and, uh, and, and then, uh, but humility shares them with others. Number four, admit your mistakes. When you make a mistake, and I'm sure you must at some point, just admit that. Nobody likes doing that. We try to cover our mistakes. You know, we try to blame our mistakes on somebody else. But, but the quicker you're willing to say, you know what, I was wrong. I was wrong. The closer then that you are to learning humility. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Made a mistake. I'll try not to do that again. That is a huge step for some people. Number five, learn from other people. Learn from other people. You know what? This is another way to appreciate the value of others. When you acknowledge that other people have advanced beyond you, you humble yourself. And imagine what it would do for them if that coworker that you guys are in competition for uh, sales or whatever it is, if you were to say, you know what, you had a great week. Man, that was awesome. Why don't we have coffee and let's talk about how you do that and maybe I can do a little better too. Wouldn't it be how, how, that, how that, that would lift that person up? But you know what, it would, it would benefit you probably more than it would them. Number six, go last. This is simple. Go last at a restaurant, at home, at work, at Walmart, wherever it is. Let somebody else go first. Step out of the way and just let them go first. They're going to probably argue with you, and then it will be a good kind of argument, though. But, but it would do you good personally not to promote yourself in a simple way. Just go last. And number seven, serve somebody. Serve somebody. You know what, we resist serving people because we think there's some sort of connection about serving somebody and, and being important. That if we're important, everybody ought to serve us. Do you know what Jesus said? He said, even the Son of Man did not come to be, to serve, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The connection between being important is your ability to lower yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to put that person above me. That's what Jesus did. So learn how to serve people. Start with your spouse. Run an errand for a friend. Give away some money. Do it confidentially if you can. All those are ways you say, well, nobody will know. They don't have to know. God knows. God knows. That's where the secret needs to be. And God will, God will bless and it will change your life. And while you're at it, change your whole way about thinking about humility. For a lot of people, they think that humility is a sign of weakness. But humility really is a sign of intense strength. Because only a strong, confident person can be humble. Not only that, humility is just smart. It's just smart. If you believe what the Bible says about God being in control, about God uh, exalting the humble and humbling the exalted, if you believe that, like God said, uh, and, and you believe that he's the one that blesses, give it a shot. Just say, God, I'm going to put myself in your hands, and even though the world doesn't understand, I'm going to ask you to put me in my place. I'm going to do my part, but I'm also going to ask you to bless me because I want to humble myself. Now, here's the other thing. One day, we're all going to be humbled. We are the proudest person will go through humbling times in their life. If you don't believe that, just, just wait until someone's older and they go in the hospital, or maybe till you go in the hospital pretty humbling place sometimes when you have to depend on other people to care for you 
And not only that, no matter how much money you have, no matter how big your house is, how many things you have, when you die, your grave will be the same size as everybody else's. About three feet wide and seven feet long, six foot deep, right? It's the same size. We're all going to be humbled. But even beyond that, there's a time that we'll be even more humbled is that one day we're going to stand before God in judgment. And all of our lives are going to be put out before us. You talk about humbling. When the God of the universe looks at our life, and he knows it already, but when we see it, that will be humbling if there's not one to stand there to take the punishment for us. And that's where the good news is. I don't want this to be negative. I want us to be challenged. I want this to be something that we can be humble, not brag about it, but be acknowledged that God is helping us in our humility. But the great news is the gospel, because I believe that the gospel is all about humility. It is all about humility from beginning to end. Jesus Christ, fully God, became fully man. He humbled himself to come down on this earth to live among us and to save us. He emptied himself of his place in heaven. He came to earth to live a humble life as a servant. And then he died a humiliating death on a cross so that we would not have to do so. And instead of forcing us to accept him, he just gives us the invitation. That is humbling. When you invite someone and you give them the, the ability to, to reject you, that's humbling, isn't it? Even that is what Jesus does. And then on our part, we have to show humility to accept the gospel. Our attitude should be the same as that of Christ, Paul said, who even though he was God, he, he emptied himself. And while we may think in this world we have something to boast about, we have nothing. And we need to humble ourselves and acknowledge that we're not perfect, that we're in need of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, every one of us, and that we're lost without him. And when we do that, he will show mercy and grace because God exalts the humble, and he humbles the exalted. And one day all of us will experience that. Let's choose to do it on our own. Let's be intentional. Some really practical things that we can do. And let me tell you, even in spite of all those things, which anyone would say, hey, that's, those are great ideas. Some of us wrote them down. Try to do them. But you know what? Without Jesus, those just become attempts to be good. Because the only way that we can truly experience humility is to be a part of the one and give our life to the one who lived it, who practiced it, who modeled it for us, and that's Jesus Christ. And so that's where the gospel's at. This morning, if you've never given your life to Christ, I would love to have that conversation with you. You ought to have in your hand a card, our connection card that you got when you came in. In a few moments, we're going to take that up in our offering time. And if you want to talk to, to me, maybe it's not about humility, Maybe it's about something else, or maybe it's about specifically accepting Jesus. I would love to have that conversation with you. Just check. I want to talk to a minister there, and we'll follow up with you. For all the rest of us who are attempting to live this life, walk this journey, maybe your next step is humility. And if you can accomplish even a few of those things this week, then you'll be moving on your journey. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. God, um, thank you for a lesson on humility because, to be honest, most of us never think about that. We're so busy in life thinking about ourselves and what's our next step and what we're going to do next and what we're going to get that sometime, God, we just need to be reminded this quality that Jesus modeled for us so perfectly and what you call us to and what you say about it and about pride. So, God, would you break not only our, our, our spirits in this and make us humble, would you break our hearts when we see the way we live 
and the things we choose and we promote ourselves. God, we love you. We worship you. We thank you so much for Jesus, our model of humility. I pray in his name. Amen.